We are so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much in you and through you, and we would love to hear about it. Would you send us an email at shannon at hectorfirst.com to tell us your story? You can also go online and give to this ministry by going to hectorfirst.com and clicking the Give tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. those that are in the altars praying this morning continue to do so I, I do have a word and it's a timely word for you for all of us but I don't want you to think of this as a as a corporate word I want you to think of this as your word okay as your word yeah does that make sense all right if you can find your way back to your seat Look, find, find some people close to you and say, this word is for me. This word is for me. Now, I know all of y'all didn't do that, so find a person sitting beside you and say, this is my word. This is my word. This is your word today. Let me, let me preface this today. I, I, when I knew that I was going to be speaking about uh, to, to our it's pastoral appreciation and we're honoring our pastoral staff this morning, and uh, uh, as God began to deal with me about some things, I, I've, I've, never felt, I've never felt so strong about something that, uh, that I just, so I, but I did not know the direction. I didn't know how. I didn't know how to get where I wanted to go. I knew what I felt, and I didn't know how. There were three things that popped into my mind when, uh, when, when I, I began to pray about this this day, that, that uh, our pastoral staff uh, is uh, it's mostly women. It's mostly uh, girls, because you're smarter. I'm the only guy, right? You going to stay right there? Yeah, stay right there. I won't be long, surely. Uh, I know that, I, I, you know, I'm not, I know Matt and uh, Matt and Colton, they, they, they work alongside their wives in, in, in the kids' ministry, but let's be real. The wives do all the work, right? They do. So, I mean, we're just going to deal with it. This is the, they, they were all young women. They were, they're all girls. I, I, I thought of that, and, and then, I, then I immediately thought of Esther. And we know the story of Esther, and I'm going to, I'm going to get into some, I was sharing some things with some of the guys this week and, uh, about Esther, some things that I have never, ex, never, uh, never knew uh, but when you when you get in the word and you uh, you just begin to think oh man you just begin to discover new things and uh, and then I, I thought that in the day and time that we're living in when uh, you know I've had conversations with this I know Brian and I've had this conversation a lot lately is uh, and and it's 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 something that that gets brought up to me a lot is how can a woman serve in a pastoral role in a church? 
and it's you know you find scripture that says it, it, it doesn't mean doesn't matter if they if they're called. Then you've got some the apostle Paul writes in some of his letters addressing some of these things, and it it can be confusing. But I, I've just come this morning. I've got I've got a revelation from God that it, it doesn't matter who you are if God calls you you've got a calling on your life and God will use you and manifest his work in you and through you because there are people waiting on a voice and if a guy won't do it he'll use a woman and if a woman won't do it he'll use a donkey so I've just came this is my opinion I mean look we have the best the greatest youth pastor in the world. We do. She's here with me every day. We work together every day. We pray. We, we, we talk about scripture. We talk about things that are going on. We do things. I, I see her more than I see the others. This is a day-by-day -day relationship that we have in ministry. And it's, it's a new day, but it's the same message you hear me it's a new day but it's the same message 20 years ago the message that was preached then it's the same today let me just go ahead and break this okay let me just go ahead and bust your bubble we all know about Pharisees and Sadducees right Okay? Let me just say this. Religious people, religious people are Pharisees. When all you can think about is traditions and the way it used to be and rules and regulations, you are yourself are a Pharisee. You can't see past the future. You can't see past the past into the future. I'm going to back it up with some scripture real quick, and I'm not going to read it in its entirety. I, I, I intended to, but for time's sake this morning, uh, you, if you're writing notes, you can go back and you can read this on your own later. But I, 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 this is what's crazy about this. As I was stressing out about this message this morning. Yes, I was stressing out. I, 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 I've been reading in Acts, and there was a passage that came up, and I really didn't under, I, I understood it to an extent, but there were some things in there, terminology, that I didn't understand. And I, the more I dug, the more I studied, the more I begin to understand and see it more clearly. And so I'm just going to kind of give you the cliff notes of my message this morning because the, 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 the point behind the message is affirmation. And not just to our pastoral staff, all the girls and all, all the women within the room. Let me just say this. All the women within the room. I even know that, that Crystal taught a Sunday school class this morning, and she was nervous. But she did it because she was obedient. And it doesn't stop there. 
just because of who you are, just because that you think, well, I'll never stand behind the pulpit. You may never stand behind the pulpit, but you have a calling on your life and God has a plan for you because somebody's waiting on you in your circle. So let me affirm you today. God wants to affirm you today. You are not in an accident. You are not in the wrong place. You are in the right place at the right time, and you are a child of the living God. Everything else is just white noise. God wants to affirm you today. If we go to the book of Acts chapter 15, and if you read that, in its entirety, you know that it's the Jerusalem Council. And they've all come together and there's talk about the Gentiles coming to know. The Gentiles are coming to church and the religious people don't like it. The Pharisees don't like it. Well, they're going to have to get, this is the subject that they're, well, they're, they're all saying, well, they've got to get circumcised. We're circumcised. I didn't understand the placement of them in this scripture. And as I said, I'd, I've been studying this, and, and this week as I was traveling to the hospitals and, and coming back home, I was listening to a sermon, and lo and behold, a pastor started preaching the same text that I was planning on preaching. I just didn't know how to preach it. And let me just, let me just tell you, I, this is not plagiarized. This is not, this is my version, but man, did he give me some clarity on some things that I didn't understand and how many of you know that that God can use other preachers to bring clarity other people to bring clarity into your life this is my own sermon so if you if you run across the sermon where a pastor preaches along this line this is this is I may have used and I'll tell you some of the things that I use from him but this is one of those things right here elders and apostles and their positions within this scripture now let me tell you an apostle an elder is a as someone with age they speak from experience okay keep that in mind an elder speaks from experience they're wise they have wisdom they 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 speak from that position of experience an apostle an apostle this is a term that that can be used loosely in, in in our in our culture today if you pay any attention to to things that are going on or in in pastors and uh, preachers on on Facebook or YouTube or social media anywhere this term gets applied loosely I think sometimes but an apostle speaks from a divine mission of God. Understand that. An apostle speaks from a divine mission from God. Their whole goal is to stir things up and to make us realize that it is supposed to be on earth here we are to replicate as close to heaven as we can get 
You need to, they call us out to be, to live a right life, a righteous living. They call us to be holy. Those are things that, that don't sit well with us because we think automatically we go to holiness living. We think of long hair, no makeup, long sleeves, and dress down to the ankles. That's not holiness. Holiness and righteousness is living as close to God as you possibly can. Calling out sin for sin. Calling out those things that that aren't well or don't line up with the Word of God. Call us into a right relationship with God. It's our mission. I look at at these positions that we honored this morning, these, these individuals as apostles. Because they are... They are molding. They're taking, they're taking a part of our lives, our, our kids, our children, our, our teenagers, and they're, and they're forming them. They're pointing them to a holy life. They're setting them up for the future. They're doing something corporately as a body, as a group of kids, as a group of teenagers, and they're setting them up that they can do this. You don't have to do it by yourself. You've got a friend group. You've got a body that will do this with you till the end. They're speaking hope into the future. So I look at them as apostles. Now in this passage of Scripture, we've got both elders and apostles. The apostles, they speak first. You've got Simon Peter and you've got Barnabas and Paul. These are the apostles that are speaking in this chapter. But then you also have an elder. That's James. Now what's the difference? James is also known as James the Lesser. He's the, he's the younger of the James. But James was one of the 12 disciples. James was the one that was there and he walked with Christ. James was the one that was there when he seen him walk on water. James was the one that was there when he fed the multitude. James, he speaks from experience. I seen God do this. I watched Jesus do these things. But Peter, the apostle Paul and Barnabas, these guys, they didn't experience that. All they knew was what they had heard or what they had read and what God was calling them to do today. And what did they do? They went to the Gentiles. They went to those that were lost. And they reached them. And the church was growing. But the religious people, the church people, were upset because they didn't get saved the way they got saved. Look, if you don't know, our world has changed so much that these kids, these young people that are not raised in church, that don't have any idea of, of I fly away, oh glory. They don't know that song. You understand me? They don't know joy unspeakable and full of glory, full of... They don't know that. There's no reference to that. But what they know is the things, a lot of like the songs that we sang this morning. The things that we experience today because it's not the same. 
The message is the same. The message has stayed the same. But we've always got to maintain or understand that there is elders and there's apostles. You may have been in church your whole life and we count you as elders. I've been in church my whole life. I look at myself as an elder, but I also think of myself as an apostle because I have to keep this ship pointed into the direction of a new hope, a new future, and it's got Jesus at the head of the church. We've got all these things that have happened in this one passage. Basically, the church is upset, but James steps up and says, I may not, I may not know exactly why things are the way they are, but I do understand where they're coming from. In verse 15, he says, And with this, the words of the prophets. This is James as he steps to them and he begins to say, this, the words of the prophets agree just as it is written. After this, I will return and I will rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will rebuild its ruins and I will restore it. Listen to this, verse 17. And the, that the remnant of man, the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who makes these things known from old. This, James, is recalling a prophecy made by Amos in Amos chapter 9. He's speaking from experience that Amos foretold this. He prophesied this over 500 years earlier, 700 years to be exact, there's coming a time when the rest of mankind, including the Gentiles, there's not a one of us in here that's not a Gentile. We come from a Gentile descent. We're not Jews. We're not Jewish. Thank God for apostles like Paul and Simon Peter and Barnabas. Thank God that we had people that sought the face of God and said, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, the God that died, that sent his son to die on the cross, he died for all mankind. He died for all mankind, every color, every race, every person on the face of the earth. That's the God that we serve. Now, what's Esther got to do with all this? There have, I, I've, I've even said this sometimes that there, there are people that that walk around under an oppression or a depression, depression state. I don't know how to say that. And there are things that, that I've experienced in life and in ministry that, that we talk about a, 
a familial curse, a family curse. Things of the past, things that, that maybe parents or grandparents that have passed down and, and, and sooner, I've, I've used the terminology, but God has convicted me this week. Because see, if I truly believe the word of God and I want to, and if I want to say, well, there's a, such a thing as a familial curse, a family curse, then I am saying that there's no power in God in removing that. But in all reality, it stops when you truly believe in the Almighty God. That you no longer have to carry that, that weight or that, that, that whitewashing, brainwashing of, well, this is just the way I am. This is what I've come from. This is the way I'm going to have to live. This is my existence. This is how I'm going to have to live the rest of my life. I am hung under this curse of a family path. But let me affirm you today that that doesn't have to be that any longer. Because when you surrender your life to God, when you surrender your life to Christ, you are cutting all ties. You are severing all things that ties you to a bondage, to a chain that holds you from receiving everything that God's got for you. Because the Word says, He that the Son says free is free indeed. Are y'all feeling this? Are y'all with me? But there are some things in life that we choose to hold on to. And we don't have to. Now, hold on. I'm going there and I'm stopping. What's this got to do with Esther? If we go all the way back into, into the Old Testament. How many, of you, how many of you know and believe that God can use a woman? How many of have, have, you have seen God's hand on the life of a woman minister? I've seen it. So many times we, we think, that, well, the woman's place is to lead worship. The woman's place is to teach a Sunday school class or the woman's place is to be in the kitchen. And it got quiet. The woman's place is at home. Every woman in this room, listen to me. Your position is just as powerful as that man sitting beside you or that future man that's going to sit beside you. Your position in the kingdom of God has no limits. Your, your, your position in this world, your position in this church can bring, back, bring down strongholds that can, that can destroy generational curses, that can destroy the things that the enemy has set up against you and against your family and against future families. The enemy has no power when it comes to a person or to a woman that is in love with Jesus Christ. You don't live in a box. You live under the authority of God. God chooses to use you today. This is where Esther comes in. If you go back to 1 Samuel chapter 15, this is where my mind has been blown this week. It's just, 
1 Samuel chapter 15, we go all the way back to the life of Saul, King Saul. Saul was anointed to be king. He was called to be king. In, that, in, in chapter 15, he was given specific instructions by Samuel, go and destroy the Amaleks. Destroy everything. It's pretty gruesome. You are to destroy every man, every woman, every child, every infant, every livestock, every, everything, every breed of livestock, everything, everything has to be destroyed. Everything. This is what the Lord said. And we know, if you know the story, if you don't, you can read it. But Saul didn't do that. Saul went, they destroyed everything, but he did not kill King. He did not kill King Agag. He didn't kill him. He kept him as a prize. He wanted to show himself, show off. Look what I did. Here's the king. I am ruler over him. And then it said that they, they kept all the prize livestock. All the best of the best. And here they come back to town and, and Samuel goes, what have you done? He says, I am, I am victorious. I have done what the Lord has asked. And he says, then what is that I hear? I hear the cows mooing. I hear the, I hear the sheep. And who is this guy right here? Well, that's King Agag. I conquered the Amalekites. But God said to destroy everything. And at that moment, the Lord said, I wish I'd never anointed him as king. Agag was alive. Saul was in obedience. Now, now if we fast forward about 500 years into Esther chapter 2, Esther chapter 2, verses 5 through 7. Esther, this is, are you ready to be, are you ready for your mind to be blown? Esther was from the Benjamite tribe. Now, if you go all the way back to 1 Samuel chapter 9, you know and you understand that Saul, too, was from the tribe of Benjamite from the tribe of Benjamin. Now, some, some theologians will say that Esther was his great, 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 great granddaughter. Some say that they're just related because they were both from the tribe of Benjamin. Nevertheless, you cannot discredit that they are not from the same lineage. We know what happens in Esther. She has to deal with Haman. Haman was an Agite. Haman was a descendant of King Agag. 
When the Lord commands you to destroy something, you better destroy it. When God asks you to get rid of something in your life, yes, you can set yourself up for a curse over generations. And what King Saul didn't address, God raised up a woman over 500 years later to address the spirit of Agag through Haman. Oh, I don't think y'all understood what I just said because that, that just done something in me this way. I could not believe what God does. God doesn't make accidents. If you're not obedient, He will raise someone up to take care of what you didn't take care of. It's a responsibility that everything that you're doing, your family, and injustice, if you don't bring them to church. You're doing your family an injustice if you don't instill in them the things of God. You are doing your family an injustice if you don't teach them the ways of the Lord through the gospels of Jesus Christ, the one who died on the cross, was buried in the grave, and rose from the grave. You are doing yourself and your family an injustice. And there will be a such thing as a heaviness, as a curse that will continue until someone surrenders to the call of God. Now, I'm not saying that these, these pastors right here that we honored this morning they're doing this because of a curse or something happened in their families. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying this morning is if you're not happy with where you're at, get the backbone of an Esther and stand up and face the enemy, the Haman in your life that somebody could have destroyed years ago and defeated today. It, it, well, it may not look like what we've always done. Who cares? Who cares? I've said it a, hum, uh, a bunch of times. When my grandpa was pastor, he wore a polyester suit and a knot the size of your fist. My grandma had, I've seen pictures of her had a, had a hairdo that stood up like this. Aren't you glad we don't live in those times? Polyester suits don't breathe. And how long you got to sleep your hair, sleep in bed with the hair wrapped up in toilet paper and all that stuff, curlers in there and everything, so you don't, you sleep like this, like a dead body. Aren't you glad that some things change? But the message never changes. You are not an accident. Man or woman, everyone in here this morning, you are not an accident. You are a purpose. You are an individual that God has made, created. Well, Pastor, you don't know my past. I don't, I don't need to know your past. It's very clear that Scripture says when you give your life to Christ that it's cast as far away, east is from the west. 
into the deepest ocean, that God forgets it. Aren't you glad? I believe when we get to heaven, God's not going, you know, if, if you make it to heaven, you stand before him, you say, man, Shannon, you really messed up, man. You got all these and start calling him out. No, he's not going to call out my sins and call out my mistakes and call out my mess-ups and all my hiccups. He's not. He's going to say no. He said, oh, but when your name was written down in my book, you have done great things. You have said what needed to be said. You have preached what needed to be preached. You have prayed when you needed to pray. Oh, y'all ain't. Y'all ain't. Is anybody saved in the house this morning? You have a purpose. What the enemy has on you that you think he's got on you, you need to give him a black eye. You need to throat punch him and say, you have no place in my life. Because I have a spirit of Esther in I have a spirit to destroy what the world wants to say I'm guilty of. Stand with me all over this room this morning. The altar call is this. If, if the praise thing, if you guys want to come back, I know she's playing, but if anybody wants to come back this morning, come on. I know it's 12.01. I know, but just hang tight with me real quick. If you're here this morning and everything that God has spoken to you today is affirmation, is confirmation, the altar call is simple. It's simple. Everything that, that's holding you back to be gone, whether it's sin, whether it's addictions, whether it's feelings of hatred, feelings of bitterness, feeling whatever, whatever it can be, something that has been holding you back. Maybe it's pride. I don't want people to see me. I don't want people to, to watch me go to the altar. I don't want, but, if, but what we need to understand, what you need to understand is if you could only see what he's brought you from and what he's keeping you from, then you'd run to the altar. If you knew what he was keeping you from receiving, you'd run. You'd surrender it all. So it's simple as this. If God has spoke to you this morning and he is confirming something in your spirit today, I want you to come. I don't care what it is. I want you to come. Come on, they're going to play. They're going to sing. I want you to come. And I want you to just stand across the front of this sanctuary. Come on. Hey, I know you're in here. I know you're in here. Come on. 
we're going to speak to the spirit of Haman and we're going to we're going to confirm that the spirit of Esther that resides in you that spirit of destruction that you will destroy what the enemy has meant for bad God has turned it and made it for good come on come on I know there's more come on come on don't wait don't hold back come on I'm going to wait just a few minutes. Come on, Father. Hallelujah. Jesus, move in this place. Move in this place. Move in this place. Hearts are going to be changed this morning because of your power, your anointing, and your presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, I need some prayer warriors. I need people that will say, I will fight with them. I will fight for them. I want you to come. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Get behind them. Get behind them, church. Come on. Come on, Jesus, our family. There was a day when you were in their shoes. There was a day when you were fighting for your life. Today, you can fight alongside somebody else. Today, you can fight for your brother. Today, you can fight for your sister. Today, you can fight for your family. But if you choose to stay back, if you choose to, to leave here today without encountering God, I can't help you. I can't help you. Sure, I'll pray for you, pray with you. But the waters are troubled right now. The waters are troubled right now. God's doing the work right now. This day, this the day that God has designed and created for you. There's still time. Come on. Come on. If you're in the altar, just begin to lift your hands and begin to pray. Just lift your hands and begin to pray. Begin, just lift your hands and begin to, and to begin to thank Him and to just pray for victory and the authority. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah.